0: At American Public University, we believe higher education is not one-size-fits-all. That's why we offer 200 modern programs that build on your knowledge and fit your schedule. Because we believe universities should adapt to the needs of students, not the other way around. American Public University. Within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. and Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Let's Talk Money here on 810 and 1031 WGY. I'm Ryan Boucher, and I am your host for today's show. It's a uh, you know another beautiful weekend. Hope you are all uh, doing well and and enjoying this uh, the sunshine we have. If you're a longtime listener or new to the program, I am a wealth advisor with Boucher Financial Group. And Again, really happy to be here today. It's been a while since since I've been on the show, um, but it's uh, great to be back in here and and to be with all of you today. So I have a lot that I want to get into today, a lot that I want to discuss. So we can jump right in. It. Uh, the listeners out there, if you do have any questions, whether it has to do with with the markets, uh, the economy, what we're seeing, um, you know, with coronavirus, how that's been impacting things. Uh, You know, the elections coming up, uh, that's been a a hot topic for a lot of clients and and a lot of my conversations. If you have any questions at all, give us a call. Uh, You may, uh, you know, other listeners out there may have similar questions, similar concerns. So uh, get in and and we'll discuss it. Uh, 1-800-TALK-WGY, that's 1-800-825-5949. So some of the things that I want to talk about today, obviously, we'll talk about the stock market had another positive week it was it was relatively flat um to close yesterday uh, not a not a lot of uh growth in the markets but they were up major indices for the most part in the u.s uh, major indices we did see an up week so that was great uh you know where are we seeing and, and what are we seeing in the markets we'll talk a little bit about maybe some of the shifting uh factors that that we're seeing come into play and and some of the overperformance so far in uh this third quarter starting from seven weeks or so you know what's been doing well what's what's lagging behind talk a little bit about that into the u.s economy we had some retail spending numbers come out this week believe it or not this is a tough one but uh retail spending is is back at pre-covid levels so uh the numbers actually up on a relative scale versus february by by about two percent just under two percent so we'll talk about what's going on there uh may be hard to imagine everything with with what we've seen going on especially in the the uh jobs market and in our unemployment numbers but um, retail spending is at pre covid level it's pretty amazing uh we continue to see big winners but also some big losers in, in this current economy and We'll talk a little bit more about what's driving that and uh, what that may mean as as we move forward. The 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 headlines in, in the conversation, especially since March and April, is is really this this disconnect, right, from Wall Street versus Main Street. Uh, we had this huge huge divergence. Markets had had a rally. Uh, since we bottomed out in about March, March 23rd, I think was, was the bottom. Um, since then the, the markets have, have really gone nothing but up, uh, very, very little volatility from a, from a down market perspective. Um, and we're seeing wall street, you know, really diverge from, from what many of you folks I'm sure are seeing, uh, on, you know, consider it main street, but you know, maybe in your own circumstances, maybe friends. And, you know, it's been hard to to reconcile that. That's been uh, a hot topic of conversation with with many clients is how are we seeing this divergence? Well, uh, hopefully later in the show, I'll try to um, explain why we're seeing that and, and to a certain extent, why these, you know, what's going on in the stock market right now actually makes sense. Uh, it may be, may be hard to to, Put together, or even fathom where where we're at, but um, in many ways, it it sort of makes sense, and we'll talk about that in the show. Um, but we had Biden, uh, Joe Biden, picked his uh, presidential candidate, so the Democratic ticket is in place. Headlines, and we can talk about that because believe it or not, more so than even COVID and, and the coronavirus of recent, uh, you know, the last couple weeks and months, uh, this upcoming election has probably been one of the biggest topics that, that I've been talking to clients about. And, and many, many clients calling with questions as to what we should be doing, how we should be viewing it, um, some concerns out there, actually, you know, more concerns than than anything else with, with regard to the election. So we'll talk a little bit about what that VP pick means, how we should be viewing the election. Should you be doing anything different than than what you're doing? Uh, get into a little bit of that conversation. And then also this week, just in, you know, as another headline, we did see um, Apple and Tesla, uh, two, two very, very popular and uh, fast-growing companies, look at how well they've they've both been doing this year, uh, both announced stock splits and, and had a uh, pretty tremendous uh, you know, rise in their, their share price following that. So um, David Rath, my colleague here at Boucher Financial, uh, put together a blog, kind of just talking a, bit, a little bit about stock splits, what they mean. Uh, you know, I think there's a, uh, again, you know, talking about the divergence of, of the stock market and Wall Street and Main Street, a little bit of a divergence from uh, the news of a stock split and then seeing what's going on with, with the share price and, and how those companies are trading. So uh, David put together a great blog this week uh, talking about those things. You can find it at our website, uh, Boucher.com. That's Boucher.com and you'll see um, on the site under our insights and perspectives is where you can find uh all of our different blogs and so uh david put that together today or this week talking about stock splits and and what that means as investors and we'll talk a little bit about it um later in the show as well just kind of you know how you should be viewing those companies when something like that happens and and what that means for those companies so again i'll give out our phone lines 1-800 talk wgy that's 1-800 825-5949 if you do have any questions like i said give us a call happy to uh discuss and like i said if if you have a question or want to talk about a topic i'm sure there's other listeners out there today that are uh interested in the same types of discussions and in questions so for the week like i said the the stock market was up uh you know a little bit for the week uh the s p was up a little bit more than half a percent the dow jones is is So one or two companies can have a pretty, um, uh, pretty good um, impact on on the overall index. Uh, The Nasdaq was was relatively flat actually for the week. It was only up 0.2 percent. And uh, you know, talking a little bit about the shift. In what we're seeing in some of these major indices, uh, you know, the NASDAQ, which is made up of um, mostly, you know, technology companies, it's a very, very tech driven um, index. And, you know, these technology companies have been doing great so far this year, and, and the NASDAQ has has really been on a tear for the year, um, up 23%, where you look at, you know, the Dow Jones is is down about a half percent for the year, and, and S&P is only up about 5%. The NASDAQ, on the other hand, is up 23 and and it's just been, you know, driven by these, these large um, technology companies. And so... When um, you know the last few weeks, as we're kind of seeing a little bit of a shift there, you know, is that going to be uh, more of a long-term kind of trend, or or is this just kind of short-term uh, impact of, of the last few weeks of trading? Uh, we're also seeing a little bit of strength finally in, in small caps. So the Russell 2000 is is really the small cap us index and that was up about a half percent for the week and still down for the year down four percent for the year but uh you're seeing some strength in small cap and and in value that we really haven't seen in in quite some time and again this has just been a short-term trend we're not seeing uh any sort of long-term movement there or shift but you know could it be a a change in in trends and could we see that as more of a uh long-term move going forward we'll we'll talk a little bit about that especially how um you may kind of position your your portfolio for any sort of shifts like that um and and with that you know i'm going to take go over to uh our phone lines we have stan in schenectady stan how are you doing today
2: good it's a beautiful day yeah it is it is it's uh you know it's it's, with with a split coming up
1: So it yeah it's a it's a good question. So Tesla and, and big news in in the markets this week on on both Tesla and Apple splitting. Um in terms of buying it for the split and this is what like I said our our my colleague David Rath talks about in our in our blog. You know, a stock split all that means is is there you know, if you had uh, you know, let's say one share and and they're doing the four to one or, or five to one split you're getting more shares of the company at a lower share price but your valuations are the same so you know there's no difference in market cap or valuation of tesla because of the split really what what the big impact is is that the share price becomes a little bit more attractive for maybe someone who couldn't buy in at uh, you know, $1,500 a share, let's say. Um, so if they have a stock split, all of a sudden that share price comes down, but the company's still worth the same when that, sh- when that split happens. You know, it's not like they're they're issuing more equity or issuing more debt um, that would have some sort of, you know, if they, if they were issuing more equity, that would have a dilution factor, right? Because they're trying to raise money and now all of a sudden you're, your current shares if you're holding are a little bit diluted based on how many new shares they are issuing. When a stock split happens, there's no difference in what that market cap value is of the overall company. So it really doesn't change the prospect of what you felt about the company. It just becomes a little bit more affordable maybe to to folks that uh, couldn't buy in at, like I said, a, a $1,500 share price. Now. You know, Tesla, when you look at it as a company, I mean, this is this is one of those companies that is so hard to uh, really get a graph spawn, right? Because you look at, at what their earnings are, what their sales volume is, um, and you, you compare that to some of the other car companies out there. I mean, it trades at such a premium. It's It's really quite amazing um how high the valuations are so you know for me as a as a you know when i look at a a company like tesla i have a really hard time saying um you know this is a good buy based on where it's trading and and how overvalued it is now i've said that since it was in the six seven hundred range and it's only gone up from there so um this is one that i really don't have a strong opinion as to a buy or sell because Again, I, I don't think the valuation. I don't think the company's fundamentals support its valuation. But again, I've been saying that for months um, in conversations that I've had, and the stock keeps on going up. So investors keep and continue buying into it. Now, you know, if if Tesla had more of a moat around its business operations, and and there weren't all these competitors coming into the market, I would think otherwise. But you know, it's it does great work, and it's got an amazing clientele and following and supporters of Tesla, but there's a lot of new electronic vehicles coming out to market, um, new brands, new companies. And I think that's going to uh, potentially impact kind of the future of, you know, obviously it has a leg up on some of the old GM Fords of the world in terms of what they're doing in the um, you know, cleaner, more efficient uh, energy field. But there's a lot of new companies uh, coming out and coming to market. And I, th- I I would have to imagine that's going to, at some point, create some competition. So, um, you know, Tesla from a from a stock split, I don't have, again, that doesn't really change, to me, the valuation of the company. Um, but Tesla as a whole, I mean, like I said, I've... I've just personal, my personal thoughts on it have been wrong for quite some time. It's really hard to uh, determine it because, like I said, I, I think they're you know no different than than the stock market as a whole versus the economy. I, I think there's a, a major disconnect versus on the share price versus the fundamentals of, of the firm.
2: Okay. Well, thank you for your uh, information on it. And, uh, I know they have uh, the Chinese have
0: a lot of electric stuff going on in addition so. It
1: might not be a good guy, so. Yeah, again, I mean, it's 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 trading so high now, and uh, you know, there it's there may still be momentum there, but you know, to me, in, in terms of my own my own personal investment philosophy, and I, and I don't trade many individual stocks, I trade very few individual stocks, um, but to me, it's it, it would be a, a, a hard price point to, to buy in when you look at uh, you really break down the fundamentals of the company I understand well appreciate the call and and, and thanks for uh, for calling in and again any other listeners out there that do have questions give me a call 1-800-TALK-WGY that's 1-800-825-5949 um, so with that I'm going to go to a quick commercial break and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more maybe about you know individual stocks as a whole some things to be thinking about especially in this environment uh and and how individual stocks may play into your overall portfolio but again some of these are are really hard to to forecast what they're going to do especially versus the the rest of the market so stay with us you're listening to let's talk money on 810 in 1031 wgy And welcome back to Let's Talk Money here on 810 and one oh three one WGY. Phone lines are open. Give me a call. One eight hundred talk WGY. That's one 5949 So we had a call from Stan just before that break, asking about Tesla. And and try to be honest with Tesla. I I really have a hard time uh, forecasting what what Tesla is going to do. It. it you know it was trading down for so long, and um all of a sudden has had this this monster breakout this year. And uh, you know when you look again at at its at its price and fundamentals, it's it's hard to support. but you know it's you can say that, but at the same time if, if the if investors are still buying and and still purchasing, well, all of a sudden that that's going to keep running up. And that's what we're seeing. And, and with the stock split that that they announced this week, again, it doesn't change anything from a market value or um, share dilution perspective. All it does is that it makes it a little bit more uh, attainable to, to buy shares of that company, because now all of a sudden you'll have more shares, but there'll be more at a lower price. Um, and the big thing to remember, too, is, you know, you don't see as many stock splits anymore. And one of the big reasons really for that right now is that um, a lot of these brokerages and, and custodians are offering um, fractional shares. So you can actually buy into some of these companies at a fractional share and not needing to buy the full um, one share, uh, again, of Tesla at uh, a you know, right now it's trading at $1,600. So um, you can get in at, at a much lower price, but you won't own that that full share. So go going to go back to the phone lines. We have Nick and Troy. Nick, how are you today? Good, and yourself? I'm doing great, thanks.
2: Good. Hey, um, in your portfolio, and I know you guys are more tech, do you have AT&T and Verizon out on theirs, and what's your feelings on that?
1: So, so AT&T and Verizon, again, two two big companies. Um, we don't hold them individually, but we hold them as part of our ETF composition. So they're they're both um, companies that are um, within our ETF holdings. So we do have exposure to both of them. However, we don't own them individually. And you know, for for two companies like AT&T and Verizon, I mean. They probably have come to light a little bit, especially over the last six months, with with everything going on in the market. I mean, these are these are more solid companies, blue chip companies. Probably not going to see a whole lot of growth upside potential, but um, you know they have good yield, uh, good dividends. That's what a lot of folks sort of sit back and and look at companies like those, and and why they like them is is the dividend and the yield in. I guess in, in this low interest rate environment, that can look and in, in feel good having a higher yielding um, equity holding. And the companies like Verizon and AT&T are going to have a, a higher yield than the majority of them don't even offer it to the end. So um, that's that's the positive with, with holding an AT&T and Verizon. You know, on the flip side, again, they don't have huge growth problems. So you know, we talk with clients sometimes about building, especially because we are in such a low interest rate environment, talking about building a higher yielding uh, stock portfolio or higher yielding equity portfolio because you could use ETFs as well to do this. Um, and to an extent that sounds and it feels good because, again, we, we're always talking about getting the yield and, and getting a nice dividend, at the same time. You're breaking up. I'm breaking up a little bit. I apologize for that. Um, Hopefully you can hear me now, but a lot of these companies, um, they do not, um, you know, you don't see the same type of growth versus those technologies. So I think they're great to have in a portfolio. And I think they complement a a growth section of of an equity portfolio. Um, But, you know, it's not something I'd probably put, too much weight into because again you kind of want to find that right balance of of growth in, in higher dividend slash value type blue chip companies.
2: How, how safe do you think your dividend is? Your earnings, how safe do you think they're going up a little bit? Uh,
1: you know, because we don't we don't typically invest in direct companies i i honestly i i really don't have a strong opinion on as to you know those two specifically i mean they they've historically have been you know pretty solid companies but at the same time you know no dividend is is guaranteed right and and that's what we talk right. a lot about especially being local take ge for example you know a lot of folks held ge because of the great dividend well when that dividend goes away and, and the stock price is is trading at you know what it's what its value was, you know, at its all time highs, it becomes less and less attractive. So I I don't I don't know specifically sort of the, the, you know, true fundamentals of those two companies, but whether you hold them individually or or find um, a good ETF that maybe they make up a, a Percentage of those types of companies where you can find them, you know, whether they're they're value type ETF or or high yield type ETF, the two companies like those would would have a a decent makeup there. That may be the way to go. Now you diversify yourself from having too much single stock exposure risk.
2: Okay, thank you very much.
1: Hi right, Nick, appreciate the call. And again, our, our phone lines are open. Give me a call, 1-800-TALK-WGY, that's 1-800-825-5949. Um, we are approaching a commercial break. We're getting close under a minute at this point. I have Rich in Boston Lake, but I'm going to take that on the other side, so um, on the other side of, of the news break so that we don't get cut off too too quickly. So Rich, if you're still listening, hopefully, um, and you still have your question. I will take that and and answer that um, on the other side of of the um, the news break. Um, and so with that, we got about 30 seconds. When we come back, we'll take Rich's call and we'll talk a little bit more about um, you know this divergence that we are seeing in in the markets versus the economy, um, what that means. And again, I will give you a little bit of a indication as to why I think. Um, the markets, for the most part, you know, tend to make sense when you look at everything. So, with that, let's take a short break for the news. Stay with us. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on eight hundred and ten and one hundred and thirty-one WGY. And welcome back to Let's Talk Money. Here on 810 and one zero three one WGY. I'm Ryan Boucher, and I'm your host today. And appreciate everyone. uh...
0: At American Public University, we believe that higher education can unlock higher purpose. So we offer 200 modern programs for those who want to make a difference. And we believe education must adapt to students' needs. That's why we've made it accessible through online classes and flexible with monthly program starts. American Public University. Within reach, without limits. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at CVS.com slash symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub.
1: Tuning in and, and joining me for this uh, uh, great afternoon that we're having beautiful outside and uh looking forward to getting back out there later today phone lines are open give me a call 1-800-TALK-WGY that's 1-800-825-5949 and as a reminder we do have uh another show coming up uh tomorrow morning sunday at 8 a.m we've been doing that since earlier this year um and and we'll be back and and you can listen to us there as well So with that, I'm going to go back to the phone lines. We have Rich in Boston Lake. Rich, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing great,
0: thanks. How are you? Yeah, all good. on my way to watch my grandson play uh, (laughs)
1: t-ball.
0: Excellent,
1: excellent. So how can we help you today?
0: Yeah, um... I'm retired. I have a lot of funds in the market. What keeps me up at night, Ryan, is a concern with the change in administration with our presidential election. You know, I keep Mm -hmm. reading the media saying the bottom's going to fall out. Taxes are going up. The market's going to crash. How do I hedge my investments? How do I sort of protect myself? Uh, Do you take a lot of money out of the market before the election? How, How do you
1: manage this? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And and like I said earlier in the show, this is actually probably the biggest concern of of most of our clients. So we're having a lot of these conversations. And so I'm going to paint the picture in a way and kind of get a sense of, again, don't have a crystal ball here, but what we want to take a step back and remember is that, you know, I think there could be a, a pretty big shift, right? So if The Biden ticket wins the presidential election. Obviously, that's a big change. The other big concern is the Senate flipping, right? So if the Senate flips and that goes to the Democratic control, now all of a sudden you have the three-party rule in place with the the executive office, the Senate, and the legislature. So that becomes a a concern, right? And the whole... whole you know the big concern is is the democrats getting rid of the filibuster now they have a lot more leeway to do what they want and so this is where a lot of clients are becoming concerned and are nervous about what's coming up in in november now you know when you you take a historical context uh whether it's democrats republicans in office hasn't made much of a difference right um the other thing is you know to your point uh, fearful of of maybe a tax increase well the, the biggest tax increases that we are going to see would be with corporations. Um, you know, we've we went years and years with the thirty-five percent tax rate. We've only had um, the new twenty-one percent tax rate for a couple of years. I don't think they would go back to thirty-five percent. But even if they increased it, um, these corporations—they're always resilient. They have huge tax departments. It may not be a tailwind for them. But I don't think it's going to be a huge, huge headwind. And, and I think they'll have ways to kind of figure out they're going to, you know, of course, they, again, they have these huge tax departments for a reason. They'll find ways to skirt along some of the, the laws. And, you know, even when it was at 35 percent, the effective rate of most of these corporations weren't that high. It was, it was much less. So, you know, you may see an impact there. For you know, uh, most I would say for the majority of of Americans, I don't think you'll see Democrats increase tax rates, right? Because to them that would be that would be political suicide. They would not be able to get away with doing that to the majority of of folks. So um, I actually think you know, from that perspective, I'm not as worried or concerned. I do think you know you got to remember too a lot of these. More of the talking head shows, right? Not so much the the straight news, but you know any sort of cable news program that is more opinion based and and using facts but more opinion based, they're going to you know, fear sells the media. I mean, we have to we have to be aware of that, and they're going to make things sound a lot worse than than what the reality of the situation has been. And so, you know, to me even if we have this shift to the democratic ticket for the president, for the Senate and the house, um, you know, these folks, they're in politics. They like to be in power more than anything else. And, you know, the, the vast majority of folks in this country, you know, the headlines and the newsmakers are the radicals, but the vast majority of, of folks in this country are more moderate. And I would say most, folks in in office are kind of more moderate now again, you get the headlines for the the folks who are really, really radical, but yeah you know, i don't foresee a situation where where the Democrats are going to implement policies that are going to crash the economy and crash the markets. You may see some short term volatility absolutely i I do not doubt that, but you know they do anything to to ruin our economy or or ruin um the stock market. I mean, every single person, whether through their 401ks, pensions, you name it, rely on a strong stock market. And, you know, for them to, to implement policies that are going to ruin that, they'd be voted out pretty quickly. And I just don't see them wanting that. You know, like I said, I think them being in office is more important than anything else that they're doing. And, you know, whether it's big money donors, you know, those are the big corporations, high net worth individuals, um, they're not going to ruffle their feathers too much. Now, they may they may say certain things, and you may, again, hear headlines of, of the really negative or really radical types of policies. But to me, and, and maybe this is more wishful thinking, but um, I just view it as they're not going to go too radical with, with any new policies. And, again, we may see some short-term volatility because, obviously, I think you know, it would be less business-friendly, maybe more regulations, and that would be a concern. But um, you know, for them to, to um, do anything major to disrupt you know, if the economy's improving or disrupt the stock market, again, that would, that would really hurt their chances at, at re-election. And, and I think that's more important than most things for them. Um, so that's so I wouldn't do anything major. You know, if you are really concerned and with with markets getting back to all time highs or just about all time highs, you know, take a step back and, and look at your tolerance for risk. Are you is your portfolio where it should be? Um, you know, maybe build a little bit of a cash buffer if you're really nervous. But, you know, I wouldn't make any um, Substantial changes, and I really think you know you have to kind of think of it as a at a long term pros- perspective. Because again, the markets historically really haven't mattered if it was Republicans or Democrats in office. Um, I think there's there's a lot of fear and concern out there, but uh, I think I think what we'll end up seeing is is you know more of a moderate approach. Now it may be some changes, but i don't see I don't see the market collapsing because of it, and you know that's that's my view on this and, and what I've been talking to a lot of clients about but it may be a good time to reevaluate your your overall tolerance for risk.
0: Are you still there rich? Yes, I'm here, yeah, I appreciate your comments and uh I wish i I had your your
1: uh confidence. <laughs> But uh, no, it gives me pause for thought. Thanks. Yeah, so much. no, and and this is a, like I said, this is a good time to have those conversations. And you know what, really, I would stress to you is anything you need to live off of. You know, whether it's you know for for us, we usually take about a two year approach with our clients. You know, maybe maybe you look at a little bit further out if you're really concerned. You know, maybe a three year kind of window. And and you know, make sure you're parking what you need to live off of if you're really concerned in something that is. Liquid, um, you know, going to be a little bit more stable, uh, short-term, low-duration-type bond funds. Um, and, you know, have that there where you're not worrying about it. And even if there is volatility and, you know, even if my my outlook is completely wrong and we have a, a major market uh, crash because of this, you can withstand that. I mean, most bear markets and market crashes aren't long-lasting. We have a very, very strong... Um, economy. We we have folks that um, you know uh, go to work and and can battle through this, and I I think that will continue moving forward. But like I said, I I wouldn't use it as as a major shift because, like I said, let's say you're really concerned about a drop and we're wrong, and you know, this was a, this these were some of the headlines on the other side when Trump came into office that the market was going to collapse. It'll never come back. Well, you know in that first year if if you miss a year like a twenty five thirty percent run up in the market, that has long term detrimental impacts to your overall returns and And if you're sitting in cash, do you know how hard it is to get back into the market when it's going up by fifteen, twenty twenty five percent because now you're waiting even more for a a market decline and a lower price point to get in, and it becomes really, really hard to get back in. so that's where I, I really caution. Um, clients and individuals to not make major moves that could really be detrimental um, to their to their long-term um, growth in, in their portfolios.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. Thanks so much. Uh, have a good
1: day. All right, Rich. Great talking to you and appreciate the call. We'll go back to the phone lines. Our phone lines are open. Like I said, 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 1-800-825-5949. Do we have John in Schenectady? John, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks.
3: Uh, my question is, I am a GE retiree, and I'm, I'm concerned about the strength of the GE pension. From what I understand, it's majorly underfunded. and I'd like to hear mm-hmm. your opinion on uh, the GE pension plan staying solvent
1: are you so are you currently are you currently um pulling from the pension or are you are you um do you still have an option of of taking like a lump sum from it in terms of what your valuation is now are you are you currently collecting from the pension currently
3: collecting from the
1: pension okay okay um yeah so i mean i don't I don't have the numbers or or the the health of it but i I do know that you know for most pensions overall and especially um, it's not just because of this, this COVID crisis over the last six months, but most pensions out there have been woefully underfunded for, for many years. And that is that is a major concern. Um, you know, for, for someone in your position who is already collecting on it, there may be less concern there, right? Because most of the adjustments that that they may make going forward will be for those folks who are still paying into it, still working, still participating through GE, as opposed to maybe those retirees who are taking it. But obviously, you know, there is concerns there, you know, for those folks who are nearing retirement. I mean, one of the big um, conversations that we do generally have is, do you take the pension versus the lump sum? And obviously the health of that pension that discussion comes into play, you know, pretty, pretty dramatically. And, and many times, you know, having that control of a lump sum um, becomes important. So in, in your case, now that you're already um, taking those, those, um, you know, that pension is, you know, it's, you're, you're there now. And so again, I I don't have uh, a lot of the data or or numbers in front of me, but um, I would continue to, to stay on top of, of, how it's funded, what they're doing, um, you know, really, really hone in on on your own budget because if by chance they they do need to make some sort of an adjustment and it does impact you. Um, you know it, it won't I'm sure it won't be a great situation, but the better you understand your current spending needs and in cash flow needs, and if there's anything you can do um, you know prior to that, or at least be ready to to make a change, uh, you're going to benefit from that, but um, yeah, that's something that you know. Once you're in the pension, it's it's hard, and and you really do rely on on what they can do. And I think for many years, um, you know, a lot of these pensions had um, inflated return expectations, and you you see a time frame like '09 through through beginning of this year, and, and how well the markets have done. And if they can't uh, be on track during during an up a bull market cycle like we've seen over the last ten years, then um I don't think they're gonna get that back in control moving forward, especially in these low interest rate environment. I mean, these pensions are more conservative in how they invest and when there's no yield in the bond market in the fixed income market, they're gonna have a really, really hard time um meeting those eight, nine percent returns that they forecasted for so long that they just won't be there with, with how they're invested. So um, you know, I think for you, you know being very, very cognizant of your budget, your spending needs, and you know, continuing to monitor the, the health of the pension from, from your position. But um you know outside of that there there's probably um not a whole lot other things that you could do and, and just hope for the best moving forward. But um you know it, it could be a concern at, at some point if especially if if it you know if it misses the target moving forward from here.
3: They, they've eliminated the pension plan now for several years. So the only funding the pension plan is getting from current employees who still are eligible for it, all right? So the, the, the fund itself has not grown as much as it has in the past. I think the big mm-hmm. concern of retirees is, you know, I think it was the Teamsters and UPS, you know, that they reevaluated their, their amount and the right. amount of pensions people are getting has been reduced. And I mean, locally, I mean, we've had that thing with uh, St. Clair's where the people you know, either have their pensions eliminated or reduced greatly. So that's the fear of a current retiree. You know, I'm just wondering if, you know, GE, just because it used to be such a big company at one time, you know, is a little bit more secure than the other ones, or can they possibly reduce pensions as well?
1: I, I think it could be possible. It definitely could be possible. And I'm, Again, I'm, I'm not an expert on their pension plan, but um, you know, to your point of, of some of the other local, um, I remember the Teamsters in the news not too long ago, um, it, it probably could be a possibility. And, and like I said, um, you know, watching how, how, how the pension is funded and how it's doing compared to what the liabilities are there is, is going to be um, you know, really critical for it as, as you move forward.
3: Well, I guess the other question is: is most pension, not most, but some of them, are backed by the federal government, and I'm not sure if the GE pension is one of those,
1: or if it, their funding is entirely their own. Yeah, you no, know, the the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, you know, most of them are. Um, I would think GE would be. Um, you know, typically it's it's guaranteed up to a certain extent. I don't know what that level is off the top of my head, but um that's kind of where it where it falls into play. So um even maybe having those conversations with, with the pension plan administrator, I'm sure you could reach out to, to GE and, and get a better sense of, of what that what that criteria looks like and um how it is uh set up through through GE.
3: Well the problem is is once you're retiree, you're kinda like an unknown soldier. Trying to talk mm. to a person Almost impossible. so
1: Bob. Oh, well, uh, I'm sorry to great, hear that. It's well, a great idea, theory, I, I,
3: but it doesn't work
1: that way. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, well, John, I I, I wish you the best as as you move forward, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully everything stays intact. But any any information or data you can you can keep up on is is going to be uh, instrumental in I'm sure uh, your situation moving forward.
3: All right. Thank you very much.
1: Hi right, John, have a great day. Appreciate the call. Again, our phone lines are open. one 800 talk WGY. That's one 800 825 We're going to go back to the lines. We have Carmine in, in East Durham. Carmine, are you still with us? Yes, sir. Yes. How are you doing today?
2: I'm here. It's
1: great. It's
2: a great day, beautiful day. Doing wonderful. I know. Um I have a I have a question for you, sir. Um, I, am, um, I have a stock called IZEA, I Z E A, and they just missed, uh, they just had a negative on their earnings call this Thursday. And okay. my question is can that make the uh, stock sell, or sell a bunch this coming week, or does that not necessarily mean it will sell? I'm um, kind of new investing and into this and i and i just don't know what to expect
1: okay yeah i mean you know it's that's one of those things with with individual stocks it is really really hard to um determine because you know sometimes the stock will trade based on what the earnings numbers come out as whether they're they're beating expectations missing expectations you know sometimes you can miss expectations but if there's a clear reason, or there's a even better forecast for the next quarter, or or six months, whatever time period it may be, you know, it could still be a positive. Um, you know, generally speaking, uh, you know, it, with some of these these earnings calls, and, and, and unless it's a real dramatic shift in either a miss on target, or there's a dramatic shift of what future expectation is. You know, the, there's a lot of of kind of that news already factored into the stock price, and so you may not see a, a major movement. You know, the big thing, and, and this is a company. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not very familiar with. I would say that the bigger thing here is, you know, how much of this does it make up of your of your investable assets, and keeping that to a to a level that you're comfortable with, because to your point of, of, if they have just missed earnings call for, for the second quarter and they're, they're not meeting expectations, you know, some of these things are really, really hard to predict and whether it's, you know, the business is changing or, or there's something beneath the surface that, that the public doesn't know about and all of a sudden it comes out and it's a, it can be a big, big change to the share price of that company you don't want to rely too much on on any one individual stock. So, uh, you know, for for our firm, again, we manage primarily with ETFs so that we're not um, too overweight any one individual company. Because, like I said, any any sort of negative news um, now it can work in your favor too, right? Um, just as much as it can be a negative, it can be a positive if if you have an overweight to a, a really strong company that's that's continuing to go up. That's a great thing. Um, but you have these unknowns, or the share price doesn't do as well. It can be pretty detrimental. So um, this is one of those companies honestly, really not familiar with. So you know, I think you know, making sure in your case, especially if you're newer to this, you know, keeping it. You know, really, uh, about five percent or less of your overall investable assets. Uh, once you get much higher than that, it can it can have some pretty big impacts on your overall financial health, and um, you really don't want to rely too much on on one company um, because because there's still a lot of unknown. You, you can think you have these these great companies, and again, something could happen or bad news or good news on the flip side. But uh, you don't want to be too tied into that that single stock risk. Um, It can be really detrimental from a long term perspective.
2: I have six, I have only six uh, stocks that I have, uh, six different companies that I am invested in. And uh, the other one I have that I really like is Twilio. And that has been very good this year. I'm come down a little bit the last two weeks, but. That hasn't uh, made me want to think about selling. It. It's like the other one. If it comes down, I want to buy more because right, I want right. to hold them. You know, five years from now, it will definitely, I feel, will be up.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the so things I think my... as you as you go forward, uh, making adjustments and you know doing some rebalancing, whether with the companies that you hold or. With other companies if if all your investable assets are, are only in six companies again that can that can reap you tremendous profit and rewards or that can be you know it, it that would that would be having pretty pretty high levels of, of risk there as well um, because you have such a high exposure yeah. to those individual companies so that would be something to to consider as you move forward uh, and you know as as companies do well or, or underperform you know really figuring out what makes the most sense moving forward and, and you know, whether rebalancing or, or adding a little bit to that, um, overall exposure. So, but that's great. And, okay. uh, you know, certainly wish you, wish you the best as, as you move forward there.
2: I appreciate your help. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. It's beautiful.
1: I know. Like I only got, I have less than a minute and then, uh, we'll be, we'll be back home enjoying, uh, uh this weather. So appreciate the call Carmine. Have a great rest of your weekend. All right, and with that, that was a great second half to the show. Uh, appreciate all of uh, the listeners out there and, and everyone who was able to call in and, and the great questions that we had today. Um, didn't get to some of the things I wanted to talk about, but like I said, it's, it's always good to have the callers um, in and, and speaking to us. So, again, you can catch us tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Um, at 8, 1, WGY 810 and one zero three one WGY. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Time to fire up the grill.
0: Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers.
1: Ooh, I love their beer cooler.
0: (laughs) You love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more.